I began a series of sermons titled Moving into the Promised Land. I shared with you that as we as a church family make preparations to move into the new promised land that God has for us, that I thought it would be beneficial for us to look at the children of Israel as they entered into the promised land as recorded in the Old Testament book of Joshua. In the first sermon found in Joshua chapters 4 and 5, I shared with you the lessons that as we move into the promised land, that we should not allow ourselves to get distracted or deterred by the obstacles that are before us, but that we should trust God to continue to make a way out of no way. And the second lesson we learned in the first sermon is don't be discouraged by opposition as you move into your promised land. And the third lesson was that everything that God commands us to do won't feel good always to us. Sometimes God will require obedience in things that are painful and hurtful. In Sermon 2 of our series taken from Joshua chapter 6, we learn the lessons that if God has something for us, no one can stop us from getting what God has for us. We also learned that lesson that we should let the enemy know that we are not scared. <laughs> and then the third lesson was total obedience to God is necessary for victory. And then we shared another lesson in Sermon 2, and we shared the lesson about the importance of the discipline of the practice of silence. Remember we talked about y'all not say everything that comes to your mind? <laughs> and then the last lesson we learned in Sermon 2 was don't forget to shout. In other words, don't forget to praise the Lord for the victories that he has given unto us. And then in the third sermon of this series, taken from Joshua chapter 7, we learn that it only takes one 
person's disobedience to mess things up for everybody else. We also learned the lesson, don't underestimate the strength of the enemy. And then the third lesson we learned in the third sermon was don't forget the priority of prayer. And in the fourth sermon, which was a continuation of chapter 7, we learned these lessons. Don't blame God for your blunders and your mistakes. And don't hesitate to repent and confess your sins. And the third lesson was sometimes we have to remove ourselves from that which separates us from our God. And then in the fifth sermon taken from Joshua chapter 9 that was titled The Gibeonite Trickery. We learned these lessons. First lesson we learned was be careful who you make a treaty with. You can't join treaties with anybody. And then the second lesson we learned was don't make decisions based on looks alone. <laughs> you know why? Because what you see is not always what you get. <laughs> and the final lesson that we learned in Sermon 5 was prayer will keep you from violating God's will. Y'all remember the children of Israel failed to consult God before they entered into a treaty with the Gibeonites, which caused them to violate God's express will. And we told you that when we fail to consult with God before we move, before we make decisions, we too can end up violating God's word and his will for our lives. So today, as we come to the end or the conclusion of the series of sermons titled Moving into the Promised Land, we want to look at Joshua chapter 10. Now in chapter 9, we learned about the ruse or the trickery that the Gibeonites used against Joshua and the Israelites to get them to enter into a God-forbidden treaty with them. At first, 
The Gibeonites or Hivites were a part of a coalition of Amorite armies who were planning on attacking Joshua and the Israelites. But the Gibeonites pulled out of the coalition and through trickery entered into a peace treaty with Joshua and the Israelites. Now, when chapter 10 opens, the Bible tells us that when the Amorite king named Adonai Zedek, who was the king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies, that King Adonai Zedek appealed to four other Amorite kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jarmuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Deborah of Eglon. And he asked them to come up and join him in an attack against the Gibeonites because they made a peace treaty with the Israelites and had become their allies. And here, my brothers and sisters, we learn our first lesson for today. And that lesson is this. Don't be amazed when those you were once a part of turn their back on you and attack you because you have given your life over to God. Let me say that first lesson again. Don't be amazed when those you were once a part of turn their back on you and attack you because you have given your life over to God. Listen to me, my brothers and sisters. Why do we get bent out of shape? Why do we get depressed when people change on us? When we decide to get right with God. Look, as long as you were living contrary to God's word and will, as long as they could use you for their own motives and objectives, as long as you agreed with them and practiced their ungodly lifestyle, guess what? You were all right with them. You were partners. You were cut buddies. 
But as soon as you decided that you need God's presence, God's power, and God's peace in your life, they suddenly turned on you and moved into attack mode. Listen to me good. Satan always attacks those who make peace with God. Oh man, that's good. Let me tell you that again. Satan always attacks those who make peace with God. Now since the Gibeonites made a peace treaty with God's people, the other five Amorite kings and kingdoms decided to make war with the Gibeonites who at one time were their allies. All I'm saying is don't, don't, don't get confused. Don't, 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 don't lose it. When those who you've been hanging out with, those that have been in the role with you, when they change their minds and turn to attack you because of your new position in Christ. When the Gibeonites saw the coalition of armies gathering to attack them, they sent this message to Joshua and the Israelites who were camped in Gilgal. They sent this message. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because all of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Here, my brothers and sisters, is another lesson that we learn from this passage. And the lesson is this. Sometimes God will allow your enemies to join forces against you in order to take them all out at the same time. Lord have mercy. Let me give you that lesson again. Sometimes God will allow your enemies to join forces against you in order to take them all out at the same time. <laughs> Check this out. Check this out, New Providence and Friends. Up to this time in the text, God would allow the Israelites to conquer one city at a time. They conquered Jericho. Then they conquered Ai. 
In other words, God gave them permission to attack a city at a time. But this time, <laughs> God would give them five enemy kings and five enemy cities at one time. God allowed these five Amorite kings and cities. He allowed them to join together in order to take care of all of them at one time. <laughs> so all I am trying to tell someone who is listening or watching today is listen, don't lose heart when it seems like your enemy is ganging up for an attack against you. Guess what? It might be a divine setup. God may be orchestrating things behind the scenes in order to get rid of your enemies all at one time. Lord, have mercy. Well, when word gets to Joshua about the help needed by the Gibeonites, the Bible says that he and the entire Israelite army left Gilgal and headed toward Gibeon. The Bible says that Joshua took all of the best fighting men with him. And this <laughs> brings us to another important lesson that we can learn from this text today. And the lesson is this. Make sure that you take the right people with you to fight against the enemy. Let me say that again. You better make sure that you take the right people with you to fight against the enemy. Listen, the Bible says that Joshua took all of the best fighting men with him into battle. Joshua took those soldiers who had proven themselves effective in previous battles. He took those soldiers who he could count on. And maybe 
just maybe, some of us who are watching and listening today need to check out who we are taking with us into some of our spiritual battles. <laughs> you, you better check out their resume. Maybe, just maybe, we are taking spiritual novices rather than the best confidence tried soldiers into spiritual battle with us and that's why we keep on losing. Listen to me good. When I am in need of spiritual help, when I am engaged in spiritual warfare, let me tell you about the thing, Jeffrey Wood. I don't need, nor do I want, no coward soldiers. I need some strong, I need some soldiers who can get a prayer through. I need soldiers who will stand with me even when the odds are against us. All that I'm saying is you better make sure that you take the right people with you to help you in your spiritual battles to fight the enemy. Now, know this with me, that the text infers that Joshua consulted with God before he made a move. Maybe, maybe he finally learned the lesson. For the Bible says that the Lord says to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Now remember, these are five Amorite kings, their cities, their armies. And God says, don't be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. And I don't know how you feel about it. But to me, if God tells me not to be afraid and that he has already given my enemy into my hand, that I need to take God at his word and trust him to bring to pass what he has declared or what he has spoken. I, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. 
But I am still learning how to simply trust God at his word and not to lean to my own understanding but to acknowledge him in all my ways because then the Bible says that he will direct my path. Well, as I prepare to close this series of sermons, the Bible says in verse 9 of Joshua chapter 10 that after an all-night march from Gilgal, that Joshua and the Israelites took the five Amorite kings and their armies by surprise. And the Lord and the Israelites defeated them completely. <laughs> Did you hear what the scripture says? It says, after an all-night march <laughs> from Gilgal. And we know that Gilgal, the camp of the Israelites, was at least 25 miles away. They didn't have buses. They didn't have cars. They did not have trucks. All they had was shoe leather express. They marched all night long and they get to Gibeon and they sneak up. They surprise the five Amorite kings and their armies. And the Lord calls the Israelites to defeat them completely. And so the final lesson that I want to share with you today is this. Persevering with God will pay off. Oh, Lord. Let me say that again. Persevering with God pays off. These Israelite soldiers marched all night long. I said they marched all night long. And I don't know about you, but after marching 25 miles, I would suggest that they were tired. But guess what? In spite of their tiredness, in spite of their weariness, they persevered. <laughs> they kept on going. They did not quit. They fought even though they were tired. 
They fought even though they were weary. They fought even though their strength was weak. They kept on persevering. Can you imagine them arriving at Gibeon and hearing Joshua give them the war cry? It's time to fight. I suggest that if it was some of us who were a part of the Israelite army, we would have looked at Joshua and said, Joshua, have you lost your mind? We've marched all night long. We're tired and we're weary. And you talking about it's time to fight. But I'm so glad that God gives us some inner power that helps us to fight even when we are tired. He gives us the presence of the Holy Spirit who is our helper, who will help us persevere even when things are rough. He'll help us to persevere even when things get tough. I'm so glad, so glad that the Bible tells us that they that wait upon the Lord shall, I said they shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. I'm so glad as I go to my seat that I can testify that even when I'm weak, he is my strength. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad that all of my help comes from the Lord. If I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help, I know that God will help me to persevere through the tough times, through the difficult times. The Lord is my help. And he is your help. I'm here to tell you, New Providence. I'm here to tell you, friends, that God will help us as we move into and throughout our new promised land. But we have to trust in him with all our hearts. We have to trust him to provide, to protect, and to lead us and to guide us.